Breakfast on 702. For the curious on 92.7 and 106 FM. Estimations are that up to 8 million South Africans are going to head back to work today. And uh, what does that mean if you arrive in your place of work and you believe that they haven't taken the, the correct precautions to protect you and your colleagues from contracting the coronavirus? Kenneth Costa, partner at Weber Wenzel, joins us now to talk about when employees can and can't withdraw from the workplace due to COVID-19. Kevin, good mo- uh, Kenneth, good morning. Good morning, Nicholas. I, I suppose that's not the first time uh, uh, people have mistaken you for for Kevin. Your your name is ever so close to Kevin Costner, eh? but you didn't star in any movies. I'm supposing, um, except for appearance fees, you're quite correct. <laughs> good man, good man. So, I mean, it, it's a very real and present danger, right? I mean, lockdown has been going for months now. Uh, we're heading into lockdown level three today. A lot of people are returning to their workspaces. What is the responsibility of the employer from a legal perspective to ensure that the environment is a safe, sanitized one and, and not one where your employees are at risk? Sure. Um, Nicholas, so there are various uh, measures which are set out in the disaster management regulations as well as other directives which have been issued by uh, various ministers. And on the whole, the employer's responsibilities effectively relate to providing the necessary personal protective equipment in the form of masks, in the form of sanitizing, in the form of ex- access uh, to, uh, you know, to be able to wash your hands, as well as the protocol of physical or what might be termed uh, social distancing. Um, and it's in that context that where an employer has done all of that, that this, the, the, the right to withdraw from a dangerous working place might be abused. What, what I say is that the legislation which governs Uh, in general, employees withdrawing from a dangerous workplace refers to what, as you've already indicated, a clear and present danger. So this right should only really be invoked where there is an absolute need to to leave the workplace immediately. Um, For instance, in the form of an explosion, in the form of an anticipated fall of ground. That is what the legislation envisages is the reason to withdraw from the, from the workplace. And so it, in this context, employees should only be permitted to withdraw from a dangerous working place where they have some objective criteria to do so. The COVID-19, of course, is a, is a very uh, new uh, and uh, difficult uh, aspect to manage because, well, it's new because it's, it's, it's invisible um, and it's highly contagious. But at the same time, where the employer has done everything to ensure that you all the protocols are met, employees, in the event that employees just simply say, well, I'm withdrawing my labor based on uh, a bad faith uh, withdrawal, well, in those cases, an employee might have a, uh, an employer might have a remedy to say, well, the no, no work, no work pay principle applies very much like in strike action. Yeah, I mean, Kenneth, it's it's a difficult one to say, well, I'm going to follow the letter of the law to the T because there's there's just so many different aspects to it that you need to try and keep in mind. Uh, The necessity for people to earn a living, the necessity 
uh, for an employer to try and keep their company afloat. I mean, do you think that there is is space for common sense as well, and and also you know for people to take in mind that uh, that employers may be trying to do their best and and failing in some instances? I'm delighted that you you've mentioned that because of course um, you know co- common sense is absolutely vital and and just general sensibility uh, at this time. To give you an example, if you look at the Mine Health and Safety Act. Um, which has the right to withdraw from a dangerous working place, what the Act actually also contains is to say where an employee or employees withdraw from a workplace, um, they also have a duty to assist the employer in remedying what it is that they say is um, you, you know, wrong with the workplace. And so it's in that case at the moment that we, as, as South Africa and as we try and restart the economy at level three, that we really do need an open, honest and frank and reasonable dialogue between employers and employees to say, guys, we as the employer have done everything to ensure your health and safety. If there is something that you feel perhaps we can do better, we, uh, let, let, let us know. But at the same time, we hope that you as employees will will understand that we need to get the economy back on track. We've done everything that the law requires. And let's be sensible and reasonable in addressing the issues as opposed to just a simple blanket withdrawal from the workplace. So let's talk about these these basic conditions. Uh, if you are an employee returning to the workplace, depending on which sector you are working in, perhaps let's maybe paint the picture for an office environment. Uh, what does your employer need to have in place? Do you you need to have screening uh, aspects as you arrive? Should there be hand sanitizers at at every uh, entry and exit point of uh, of the workplace itself? And yeah, if there isn't these basic conditions, uh, would it be a good idea to try and convince your employer to to implement them? Absolutely. So, in terms of the disaster management regulations, employees returning to work would ha- uh, the employer is required to comply with a, a workplace plan. Um, in that respect, the employer would no doubt already have appointed a COVID compliance officer. That COVID compliance officer would have prepared um, a plan, which is a risk-based plan. So what we do is we consider the hazard of COVID-19 at that specific workplace. We then assess the risks in relation to that hazard and control measures are then put in place to assist um, that COVID compliance officer in putting the necessary steps into place. So you ask, what are the sort of the, the minimum aspects? Well, I think a few of the minimum aspects would probably already have been implemented. The COVID compliance officer will look at the whole workforce and say, see whether or not the workforce contains any vulnerable employees. And by that, I mean, um, employees with comorbidities and again this is one of those aspects that really requires um, sensibility and sensitivity because 
Of course, all the information that is supplied by employees to the employer in this respect is and should be kept confidential. Besides that, employers then, I think, should also have make sure that there is access to um, the uh, a, a face mask, but more importantly, that there's access to physical distancing. So whatever the workplace is, it, uh, assert at least 1.5 meters apart, uh, proper sanitization, and any other types of practical aspects that the risk assessment has identified that relate to that specific workplace. So, for instance, in an office environment, it may, it, it may just be that one considers and de- deals with how you use the air conditioning system at that time if there, is, if there are any complaints. But most of the air conditioning systems should comply. Um, in any case, with various uh, other regulations in the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Kenneth, for an employee, though, where do my rights stand? Like, when do I have a right to refuse to go back to work based on my assertion that it's not safe enough? I mean, uh, at the best of times, you want to remain on the right side of the law as an employee and as an employer, but in an environment Mm. where people are losing their jobs left, right, and center, and you could arguably have an employer looking for an excuse to get rid of you, how do I ensure that my decision to to leave the office because I think it's unsafe doesn't land me jobless? Niklas, I think each employee will need to consider that question in the context of his or her, her own employer. My view would be that if an employee does not have a reasonable justification an objectively reasonable justification for not returning to work, well, in those circumstances, an employer would have recourse to the various um, aspects which I've discussed before, no work, no pay principle, or to to discipline. But So let, let me give you an example. If we have a situation whereby an employee is, um, let, let's say an employee works at a place and they're, Everybody returns to work, and there are no known COVID cases at that um, uh, imp- at that workplace. Well, an employee who bef- who this morning phones in to tell his or her boss, "Look, I'm not coming to work because I'm afraid of the virus in general." That would not stand. However, in a situation where an employee was to return to work, let's say, or at least tender their services, uh, come, to the, come to the office, and as they walk in, they see that there's no temperature checking, that, they, that, that there's no screening, you know, whether that is by temperature checking or by means of a, uh, a, 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 a written document whereby the employer can assess the information. Well, in those circumstances, I would imagine that an employee could say, I'm concerned about this, but again, as, as I've said earlier, the, the legislation in general dealing with the withdrawal of the workplace does not require an employee. It's not sort of a blanket withdrawal. I'm just, I'm leaving now and I'm not coming back. It does require engagement with the employer and it does require, you, you, you know, it might even be that the people in the office have a safe work environment and the people in the factory feel, well, this, uh, we, we, we need extra sanitizer mm, mm. or something like that. And that it's, it's really, it's going to be a fine and delicate balance, but I would strongly encourage good 
and constructive engagement between employers and employees to Kenneth? deal with the problem. Kenneth, yes. we've got a quick voice note here. We want to try and play and get you to respond before we go to uh, business news. Just hold on the line. Please ask your expert what you do when the employee does not take the regulations seriously. Thank you. So, Kenneth, as we end our conversation here, what do we do when we they, they just simply do not take regulations seriously enough? Not only will it be grounds for you to leave your place of work, but then what should we be doing as a not only responsible employee, but also a responsible South African? Absolutely. So, the various pieces of legislation which I've discussed before, as well as, well, say quite clearly that an employee has the responsibility to look after his or her own health and safety as well as the health and safety of of others. So in the case where an employee is abandoning that duty, well, the employer would have the normal uh, uh, rights that one would have in the ordinary employment context. So that would include to adopt a progressive discipline disciplinary process whereby the employer could first and st- first and foremost go to that employee and tell that employee, comply immediately, put on your mask, sanitize, or whatever it is that that employee has not been taking seriously. The, uh, this, if, if that unfortunately doesn't fail, then the employer may have to decide to follow some kind of disciplinary measures. And I'm sure that South Africa can ill afford that at the moment. We need the economy to get back up and running, and we need, uh, you know, if, employers out there, um, are trying, I'm sure, their very best to save jobs. So we really need to get the economy back up and running. And I hope that uh, you know, good common sense will prevail. Kenneth Costa, we'll have to leave it at their partner at Weber Wenzel chatting to us about where you stand legally if you return to work today and find an unsafe workplace in the context of COVID-19.